1: It's the Sunday Showcase on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences.
2: Welcome aboard the Transcontinental Terror Express, a special run on the Mutual Audio Railroad uh, network.
3: Welcome back aboard the Transcontinental Terror Express. I'm Igor, your engineer. I'm probably not supposed to tell you this, <laughs> but right now we're traveling in excess of 100 miles per hour. <laughs> I should also not tell you that we're also approaching Dead Man's Slope. <laughs> but don't worry, I always shut my eyes when we start down. <laughs> what I am supposed to tell you is that we have some delicious audio horror fare for you this week. First on the menu is Soul Twin Audio's presentation of Ghost Hunt, in which radio DJ Smiley Smith records his adventures in a haunted house. But will he be able to tell us about it afterwards? (laughs) Next up is a special treat, three poems written by Robert E. Howard, Howard is famous for stories featuring Conan the Barbarian and Solomon Cain. But did you know that he also wrote poetry? (laughs) I like to write poetry, too. Here's one of my own verses. Blood is red, cold lips are blue, murder is sweet, and revenge is too! (laughs) Oh, no, no, don't go away. There's more to tell you. (laughs) And after the poetry comes, Lost Hearts... Oh, I like that title, don't you? Producer Tom Rory Parsons presents an eerie tale by M.R. James in which a young orphan is sent to live with an adult cousin who has sinister plans for the boy. Oh, oh! I do hope he'll be all right, yes. And lastly, we'll feed you the second episode of the special miniseries from The Cellar. This one's called How to Shed 180 Pounds and tells of an unhappily married couple who tried to put life back into their relationship by renting a remote cottage. But in the end, (laughs) neither one really digs the idea. (laughs) Oh, 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 I'm just in time. Here comes Dead Man's Slope. Get ready now. Hold on tight. You know, I think it was Casey Jones who said... Any train wreck you can crawl away from is a successful star!
0: Soul Twin Audios Stories created solely with a vintage soul in mind.
4: Driving you up a wall? Time travel not likely in your future? Then follow me for a healthy offering of yesteryear with Old Time Radio Theater, your remedy for unwanted 21st century pains.
0: Twin Audios brings you Ghost Hunt, another tale well-calculated to keep you in suspense. Now, listen to John Bell as Smiley Smith in Ghost Hunt.
1: Yeah, didn't that leave you high, huh? Left me feeling tree-top tall. That was Louis Armstrong's I Can't Give You Anything But Love. And that's all for the Hot and Mellow Hour tonight. Yes, 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 this is Smiley Smith, your favorite disc jockey, I hope, I hope, here at the Hot and Mellow Hour, home for the season. I'll be back again tomorrow night, minus the music, but with a little surprise for you. Tomorrow night, Friday night, as you know, is stunt night here at Station WXP. And have I got a stunt for you. Last week, you remember, I planted my wire recorder in the steam room at a lady's Turkish bath and let you listen in on the playback, (laughs) remember? (laughs) But tonight, as soon as I leave the studio, you know where I'm going, hmm? Your friend Smiley is going to spin the night In a haunted house, on a spook hunt. (laughs) You heard me, a spook hunt in a haunted house. I'm bringing my little wire recorder along with me. And if you tune in tomorrow evening at this time, you'll learn what it's like to spend the night in a haunted house. Ain't that something? (laughs) A real haunted house. No kidding. Four people are known to have committed suicide there. So tune in tomorrow night and share a real thrill with your old pal, Smiley-I-Must-Be-Crazy-Smith. Good night.
4: Care for a cigar, Mr. Thorpe? I got some cigars in the dash there. No. Well, there's no reason to carry a chip on your shoulder, Mr. Thorpe. Oh, Really? Well, I don't like this fool stunt. Why, I don't see it as a fool stunt at all. I really don't. I think it's the only way you're going to unload this house. Ordinary selling methods won't work in a case like this. Now, don't forget the reputation saddling this house. Four suicides since 1939. You know what people call it the death trap.
3: Yes, it's a lot of nonsense.
4: Uh, sure, but try to convince people of that. Anyway. When this disc jockey offered me the chance to kill all these rumors about the death tra- uh, about the property, naturally, I jumped and took him up on it. Especially since it don't cost a cent.
3: You are sure about that? I'm not liable for a penny?
4: Not a cent. We're doing him a favor letting him use the place, he said. Thanked me for the chance last night when I drove him out here. So, one hand washes the others, the fellow said. He gets a chance to pull off a stunt... And the wire recording will prove to people that the property's a number one, and we increase the chance of selling the place.
3: Well, as long as it doesn't cost me anything.
4: Not a thing. He's using his own recorder. And I'm paying for the rental of a couple of walkie-talkies he hooked up to it.
3: Well, what about this, uh, Reed? Does he
4: charge anything? Ah, He comes gratis, too. Uh, Dr. Reed's a, uh, what you call it, a psychic investigator. Belongs to a couple of societies that do nothing but hunt ghosts. He showed me articles he'd written about it in some magazines. Well, here's the house. Looks real nice in the sunshine, don't it? Man, smell that sea breeze.
3: You don't have to sell me. Well, let let them know we're here.
4: Huh. Probably asleep. Up all night and everything.
3: (laughs) Well, why don't they come out? You think they have gone?
4: I told them last night I'd pick them up around 11. Smith! Smith! Hey, Smiley! Dr. Reed! (laughs) Yeah, fast asleep, I guess. (laughs) We better go and wake them up. Of course, they may have taken the bus back to town. Oh, no, no, no. It's a two-mile hike back to the main highway. Smith! Hey, Smiley! Where are you? Wake up!
3: You don't suppose... do you?
4: Oh, no, no, no. Smith! Dr. Reed! What's that, uh, that clicking noise from in there? Oh, well, that's his wire recorder. He left it running. These machines cost a lot of money. Doesn't he care if he uses up his batteries?
3: Well, where is he and where's this reed?
4: Maybe they're upstairs. Smith! Hey, anybody home?
3: He must have walked to the highway and taken the bus.
4: Well, he wouldn't have left his machine. Well, where are they then? Where are they? Now, now, don't get excited,
3: Mr. Thorpe. Don't tell me not to get excited. If something's happened to them in my house,
4: I'm liable. Uh, you tried this side. I'll try that one.
3: All right. Smiley? Smith? Smith? Oh! Oh, McDonald, come here!
4: What? Oh, no. Reed! Dr. Reed! No, don't touch him, Mr. Thorpe. You'll get your hands all... Blood... Is... He... Dead? Well, I can still feel his pulse, but... We better get him to a hospital fast. Care for a cigar, Mr. Thorpe? No, no thanks. Why not try to relax? The nurse said Reed would be all right as soon as he had a blood transfusion.
3: You told the radio station to be sure and call us as soon as they had any word about Smith?
4: Yeah, I told him. Why don't you sit down?
3: Oh, I'm all at sixes and sevens. What do you suppose happened out
4: there last night? Well, we're going to know in just a second, just as soon as I can get this recorder set up. You don't suppose Smith
3: and Reed got into a fight, do you?
4: A fight? I don't know.
3: Well, what's wrong? Won't it work? Yeah, it works. Take it easy.
1: Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. Okay, all said, Dr. Reed? Mr. McDonald? Okay, here we go. This is Smiley Smith speaking. Smiley Smith, the ghost hunter. I don't know whether to hope if this will turn out to be a success for the sake of the program or a failure for my own sake. (laughs) Anyway, all of the preparations have been made now, and it's up to the spooks. I'd better tell you where we are. Right now, we are standing on the lawn of a house about 12 miles above Malibu Beach. The ocean is 100 feet away, straight down. The house is perched on a cliff, and there's a sheer drop of about 100 feet right into the old Pacific. Maybe you can hear the surf pounding. I'll turn up the volume. Hear it? Yeah. Now, I'm gonna have you meet two gentlemen who are here with me. Incidentally, we are the only people around for miles and miles. First, I'd like you to meet Dr. Clarence Reed of the British and American Psychical Research Guild. Dr. Reed is a famous investigator of psychic phenomena, and I'm very honored to be associated with him on this ghost hunt. He's smiling in an embarrassed sort of way. You're much too kind, Mr. Smith. (laughs) Dr. Reed has conducted experiments in this field with such great believers in spiritualism as Oliver Lodge and Arthur Conan Doyle. He looks a bit like Santa Claus. He's short, stocky. You don't object, do you, Dr. Reed? (laughs) No, (laughs) no indeed. And he has a magnificent white beard. A truly great beaver. Dr. Reed is so enthusiastic about ghost hunting that he got
2: out of his sickbed this evening to be with us. <clears throat> Excuse me, my lungs. I was gassed in the First World War. Yeah, well, anyway, Dr. Reed
1: and I are here on the lawn looking at the house. Can't see much. It's around, oh, uh, 11 p.m. now. Seems to be a rambling sort of house, two stories high. Since it was built, there have been four suicides here. Is that right, that's right. Now, into the mic. Uh,
4: four suicides since 1939.
1: I'd better tell them who you are so they won't think you're a ghost, huh? <laughs> Standing with the doc and me is a real estate agent, Mr. Charles McDonald. He handles this property, and he can tell you a lot more about it than I can.
4: Well, the house was built by a man named Martin, Toby Martin, an orange grower. Built the house as a wedding present for his wife. A month after they moved in, she took her own life. On the day of our funeral, he committed suicide the same way. There have been two other cases since then, and I... Did they
1: all jump into the ocean?
4: Yeah, all four of them. Right over there. The last one's actually seen doing it about three years ago. He was seen running, like all get-out toward the edge of the cliff, and he was shouting and laughing and yelling, as though there were people beside running right along with him. You kidding? No, it's a fact. He was laughing and yelling and running, and when he got to the edge, right over there, he jumped and he never came above water. As good
1: an argument against cold baths as I've ever heard.
4: (laughs) Well, since then, people just refuse to live in this house. Silly, I call it. Anyway, if you and Dr. Reed find any sign of a spook, I'll get the owner to pull the house down and rebuild. But if you don't find anything... I'm hoping this will convince folks that here's a real buy. Well, okay, Mr. Smith. You and the doctor are on your own. I'll be by in the morning and pick you up around 11.
1: Goodbye, Mr. McDonald. I hope there's something left for you to pick up in the morning. <laughs> well, it's almost pitch black, folks. I guess Dr. Reed and I ought to begin. I don't believe in ghosts, never have. But what I say is this if you're dead set on looking for them, This is a dandy place to do it. So long. Mr. McDonald just checked out. And then there were two. Well, three. Oh, my dog. Oh, yeah, yeah. Folks, I have my dog Jeff with me. He's a wired-haired terrier. He's three years old, and he can talk. Say hello, Jeff. Come on, Jeff. Say hello. Come on. Well, anyway, he's a wired-haired terrier, and he's three years old. Uh, Should we go inside now, Dr. Reed?
2: I was about to suggest it. Now, how do we hunt ghosts, Doctor? How do we do it, huh? We don't really hunt them. If there should be any in the house, uh, they will come to us. How cozy. And please, uh, not ghosts. Uh, Do not refer to them as ghosts. Uh, We know them as apparitions. Apparitions. I'll remember. I have no desire to hurt
1: their feelings. We're ghosts apparitions are concerned i say live and let live (laughs) well we've opened the front door now maybe you heard the hinge squeak a little now we're standing here looking in can't see much smells sort of musty and damp what's the matter jeff what's the matter boy jeff oh come on now come on Uh, My dog seems to object to entering this house. He has all four feet braced, and he's uh,
2: straining against the leash. Perhaps he senses something we don't. Like apparitions, maybe? (laughs) Yes, it's not unusual. Animals lack the veneer of sophistication we humans possess. They are more sensitive to such emanations.
1: Yeah, well, come on, Jeff, stop this nonsense. He probably smells a mouse or a rat or something. Come on, Jeff. We're going in, whether you like it or not. Um, there's a short entrance hall, and over there at the end of it is a flight of stairs leading to the second floor. Jeff! And over there to the left is what seems to be a large reception room. We're entering this large room now. There are windows over there, French windows, and through them I can see the ocean. The electricity hasn't been turned on, so all I have to see by is a flashlight. Not a very powerful one at that. Uh, Dr. Reed is now adjusting his walkie-talkie. It's hooked up to my recorder so he can cut in while he's hunting and tell us what he's found. Here's a few words from the doc before he sets forth on his investigation through the house.
2: Ladies and gentlemen... Uh, Mr. Smith has introduced me as a ghost hunter. He spoke, I think, in a spirit of skepticism and levity. I'd like to assure you all that my purposes here are serious. I have spent my entire life seeking reliable proof of the appearances of apparitions. Have you ever seen any? Ever? I have seen phenomena which leads me to believe in the possibility of their existence, although I have never seen any. I account myself sensitive to the evidence of their existence. Uh, This house, uh, for example, affects me profoundly. It doesn't seem to affect you in the same way. I'm not too happy about all this, if that's what you mean. You are not psychic, and and therefore are not sensitive to these matters as I am. I, I imagine the question that is in the minds of those of you listening to us is, shall we find apparitions? I don't know. But I feel they are here, and that they are evil. I sense danger. I shall soon know.
1: Dr. Reed's leaving the room now, going to make a tour of the house. First thing I'm going to do is open the windows and let some fresh air in. Ah, feels better already. Cooler, anyway. I know that... Ah! What was that? A bat! Uh, a bat just flew into the room. Uh, I think it was a bat and not a bird. I, I didn't actually see it. It just its shadow as it fanned my face. There it is again! Oh, it touched me as it passed. Jeff! Jeff, come back here! Jeff, you fool dog! Come back here! Dr. Reed! Dr. Reed! Dr. Reed!
2: Reed speaking. What is it, Smith?
1: Uh, Jeff has run off. My dog, he
2: jumped through the window and ran off. Oh. Well, so I told you. He sent something about this house, didn't I?
1: Yeah. You want to come and see if you can
2: determine what it was exactly that set him off? Soon. I'm making my way slowly up the stairs (coughs) toward the second floor now. I'm halfway up. Uh, I'll be down with you soon.
1: "'Well, folks, uh, my dog's run away. "'You probably heard him howling. "'He jumped through the window and took off. "'Never did anything like that before. "'Frightened by the bat, I guess. "'Personally, alone here in this big room, "'I can understand how he must have felt. "'This isn't a cheerful spot by any means. "'I may not be psychic, but I sure have a
2: feeling "'this house doesn't want us here.' Read again. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have something of great interest to report. I i am now standing in an alcove on the second, second floor, trying to recover my breath. As I reached the head of the stairs, I felt what I think is a definite psychic manifestation. I felt suddenly <clears throat> as though I had been punched in the solar plexus. That's the only way I can describe it. At the same time, I began to perspire. Now my head is, is still swimming slightly. I, I have difficulty in swallowing. My pulse rate is, is around 110 at the minute. Uh, the sense of evil is very strong. I feel very, what shall I say, uh, profoundly d- depressed. You want me up there? No, no, I, I prefer to remain up here alone. <clears throat> the presence of a disbeliever such as you might interfere with my investigation. Folks, I'd like you to get a picture of what it's like here. Very quiet, for one thing.
1: I've never been in such a quiet place. And it's pretty dark. No light except for my flashlight. Tell you what, you go now and douse all the lights you have on. Yeah, go ahead. Put out the lights, and that'll give you a clearer feeling of how it is here with me. Go ahead. Put out the lights. Hey, <laughs> did you hear that? A real estate agent told me I'd probably hear rats and mice in the walls. Well, I can certainly hear them now. Even you can
2: hear them, I think. It's as though... Dr. Reed speaking. I've been working my way toward the front room. The one directly above the one in which Mr. Smith is now. Now the vibrations have become stronger, more and more pronounced as I approach it. I think... I think I am on the verge of an important discovery. Important discovery? Uh, Did you get that? Now
1: I can hear Dr. Reed moving about in the room above. I don't suppose you can. Have a try anyway, huh? Hear him? I hope he finishes this investigation soon, because, quite frankly... I'd like to get out of here. I can well imagine people becoming unhinged in this place. Right now, I find myself pretty jumpy. (laughs) Not being very brave, am I? It's being alone in this room down here that does it. It's this darned old
2: house. I mean, you know, the atmosphere is so very- I wish only to make this hurried report before continuing with the investigation in this room. I have carefully sounded out All the parts of this room, and the emanations are most strong coming from what appears to be a closet before which I am now standing. Uh, As soon as I open the door to this closet, I will have, I think, a thing of great interest to communicate. I find no key to the lock, and so I will attempt to remove the hinges with my penknife, and I will tell you what I find when I open it. I'll tell you what it would cost to get me to open
1: that door. In the basement of Fort Knox. There's that bat again. It seems to like me the way it keeps. Each time it passes, it touches my face or my neck. With its wings, smelly things, bats. I don't suppose they bathe very often, if at all. I wonder how... Get away, you bat! That bat will be the death of me. Hey, it's like a jingle, isn't it? That'll be the death of me, the death of me, the death of me. That'll be the death of me. It isn't far from London. No, no, that isn't the way it goes. Come down to the queue in lilac time, in lilac time, in lilac time. Come down to the queue in lilac time, for it isn't very far. Boy, I have thought of that since I was a kid in grammar school. Gee, I had a lonely childhood when you come right down to it. I mean... Well,
2: that's my affair, isn't it? Yes, yes it is. It certainly is. I have succeeded in removing the hinges to the door, and I find inside that it is not a closet, but much larger. It is, I think, a dressing room. I have not yet been inside, but I am about to enter. Uh, what was I talking about? Oh, yes, bats. Well, the bat
1: flying back and forth in this room. Did you hear that? Did you hear it? Doctor Reed must have knocked something over in the dressing room—a uh, chair, huh? Yeah, yeah, a chair, a heavy chair. By the sound of it, this chair—or whatever it was—must have fallen right, uh, fallen right over my head. That's the way it sounded. I—I I, I can see a small stain forming on the ceiling, right above my head. <sighs> something ran across my foot just then—a rat, I think it was. ''I've always hated rats. Most people do, of course. That stain up there bothers me. It's gotten so big, so soon. I think I'll take a chance and bother Reed and ask him what it is. Uh, Dr. Reed? Reed? Can you hear me? Are you all right? Hello? Well, he didn't answer. (laughs) I think he's just a little bit deaf. I think so. What do you suppose he's found, huh? I'm afraid this is rather dull for you listeners. I'm not finding it so, of course. I...
4: <laughs>
1: there. I heard him cough. Did you hear that cough? I hope he's all right. He got out of his sickbed to come here this evening, you know. He... He was gassed during the First World War, and this place is starting to get on my nerves just a wee bit, just a teensy wee bit. speaking. <laughs> Hello. He switched off. That's a bad cough he's got. I feel so lonely. Been alone so much of my life. Uh, not so much now, of course, but when I was younger, I was alone so much of the time. You know, struggling to get ahead, living in a hall bedroom, wondering where my next meal was coming from. I get the blues just remembering it. Seems sad, young people having to spend so much time alone. Sad for old people, too, of course. I, I'm saying, of course, a lot. Of course I am. <laughs> Hey, that, that, that stain on the ceiling, it's its grown amazingly. It's actually beginning to drip. I mean, form bubbles. They'll start dripping soon. Colored bubbles, they seem to be. Odd-shaped stain. Like a body lying on its back with its arms stretched out. It's cheerful. I'll certainly advise Mr. MacDonald to have this place torn down. I'll go upstairs in a minute or two to see how Doctor Reed is making out. You know, listeners, I really believe I'd go completely crazy if I had to stay here much longer. It wears you down. That's exactly what it does. It it wears you down. It's so close and musty in here I feel sort of trapped. Don't know why I said that. That that's what they call this place, you know, the death trap. There, what did I tell you? That stain started to drip-drop. Drip-drop, drip-drop, drip-drop. I'll catch the next one in my hand and let you know. Reed? Dr. Reed? I'm going upstairs now, listeners. I'm afraid something has happened to Dr. Reed. I'm not kidding now. I mean, this is on the level. Which room would it be now? Right, left? No, no, right, right. This is it, I think. Well, evening... "'Gentlemen and Madam, I'm so glad to see you. "'I was just aching to see somebody, anybody. "'I've been so lonely down there. "'Now, what have you done with the doctor, huh? "'I know, I know, he's been hurt. "'See the color of the bubble on my hand? "'What have you done with him? "'Make way, gentlemen, please, make way.' Well, if this isn't the funniest, (laughs) the funniest darn thing. (laughs) This can't be Dr Reed lying here. He didn't have a red beard. Now, now don't crowd me, gentlemen. Don't crowd me, please. You want me to go with you? You want me to do what? Speak up, gentlemen. To the cliffs, down to the cliffs. You mean like right now? (laughs) All right. If you'll come with me. I don't want to be alone anymore. Will you come with me? All of you? All four of you? You too, ma'am? Oh, good, good. Come on then, to the cliffs, to the cliffs,
2: <laughs> to the cliffs. Ah,
0: <laughs> oh,
3: he jumped over the cliff. He jumped over the cliff, McDonald. He jumped over the cliff.
0: Mr. McDonald, Mr. Thorpe. You may come in to see Dr. Reed now. What? Dr. Reed is conscious. You may see him.
3: Is, is he able to talk?
0: Just for a few minutes. In here.
2: Come in. Come in, gentlemen. How are you, Dr. Reed? Yes, uh, and I, I must apologize, gentlemen. I had a most unfortunate accident. Uh, hemorrhage. Hemorrhage? Yes, my lungs, you know. Now, gentlemen.
4: Dr. Reed, what happened in that house? What happened to Smith? We've just been listening to a playback of the recordings you made out there.
2: Smith? Smith?
3: Isn't he with you? We've just heard the recording, Dr. Reed. Smith jumped over the cliff, into the ocean. Oh, that poor boy. Dr. Reed, will you please tell us what happened? From what we heard on the recording, there were ghosts in that house. Ghosts? I didn't see
2: any ghosts.
4: But Smith, what about him?
2: If he went over (coughs) the cliff, it was fear that drove him over. But... Gentlemen, I didn't see... Any ghosts as that unfortunate young man who, who can say now what he saw or thought he saw.
0: been listening to Ghost Hunt, written by H.R. Wakefield and adapted especially for Suspense by Walter Newman. Ghost Hunt was revived, produced, and directed by Rachel Pulliam, especially for Soul Twin Audio's Range Old Time Radio Theater. Featured in the cast in order of appearance were Alexa Chipman as announcer, John Bell as Smiley Smith, Dean T. Moody as Charles MacDonald, Pete Lutz as Mr. Thorpe, and Jerry Kokich as Mr. Reed. All sound effects were produced by freesound.org with original incidental music by Dr. Ross Bernhardt. The old-time radio theater theme was composed by Ross Bernhardt and performed by Dean T. Moody. The suspense theme was composed by Bernard Herman and reimagined and performed by David Krauss. Soul Twin Audios is copyrighted by Rachel Pullian in 2021.
1: Hello, I'm John Bell of Bells in the Bat Free. It's a comedy podcast. Fridays and every other Sunday. Well, anyway, back in episode five of Bells in the Bat Free... We introduced the cowlets. Tiny little cows. Where did all these
2: cats come from?
1: They're not cats. They're cows and they're heading toward the water cooler. Stop it before. not understand advertising, do you? Get your merchandise today with the official Cowlitt design created by Jeff
0: Music. Buying lots of them would bring music to my ears. Oh, stop!